reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for whom he still burns. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. She's all alone. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. We've got ourselves a mailbag cleaning up the Giants win over the Texans. They're 7-2. Got a lot... Uh, Justin, I literally spent an hour, like I finished the film review, put together the rundown for the mailbag, and then spent an hour and a half on the first question talking about Daniel Jones. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited for the first question. We got other stuff. How, how are you feeling, man? Like it's, so we're seven and two. We got the Lions who it's like, ah, we should be eight and two. Then it gets a, a lot tougher after that, but it's like, I'm feeling good about this Giants team. Yeah. Obviously <laughs> feeling awesome. Got another home game coming up on Sunday. Uh, Giants coming off a win where they basically did control from start to finish. Obviously, always could be better, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about with this first question, a big Daniel Jones topic and discussion. I haven't been this excited for a mailbag question in a long time, Bobby. Uh, I'm going to get to our cleanup point. You want to get to a cleanup point really quick? Let's do it. I have a scoop. I have a big-time scoop. I'm going to break some news right now. I messaged Nick, Gate, Nick Gates this morning. That the Nick Gates is my source. On Instagram, we're boys. We're friends. Uh, message him more than you do, Bobby. And I asked him, said, is that the first time he ever went in pre-snap motion? Because, you know, Nick Gates was the jumbo tight end this past weekend. And he said, yes, it was. And it felt weird. But I was happy he did it. He kind of looked un- like it was cool when Trent Williams did it, but he, he looked a little unnatural with it. Which So we, we just got to get that man back at center. Um, eventually, but uh, good stuff from there. All right, so let's get into this mailbag first. This episode was brought to you by Nick Gates. Oh my gosh, James yeah. Morgan, Captain Morgan, Gareth Davies, old Gareth, Thomas Stats, Stats with a Z at the end. Maybe he's, that's an actual name where he likes stats. Scott Moralda, one of my good friends from my elementary's last name was Moralda. Mo, uh, Mo, Mo Chalet. Kevin Ruan, uh, Ruani, and then Nicholas Diamond, shine bright like a diamond. Justin, who are these people? It was 8 a.m. I had to message Nick Gates. That was the thing that was on my mind this morning. Um, and then also, I heard a Captain Morgan in there. Snacks, actually, not, not just snacks, but the official L16, not sponsored, but the official L16 shot of our Talking Giants tailgate crew is Captain Morgan. So how do you like that? That is the thing that we give out for free every week. We don't have food every week. We have some drinks, but we every week we give out shots. Shots are free. Next year. Next year, we're going to sell cheap, the cheapest tailgate tickets ever, food and everything We're, next we're year. working on it. We're, we're, we're working on it. Right, Talking Giants. Patreon. Yeah. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. Two a month plus some other tiers. You get to hang out with us live while we record the shows. We're recording this one at a crisp, cool 10, a, 10 p.m. Not 10 a.m. 10 p.m. 
I kept on pushing back the start time because I was like, I got to look up more stuff on this. That's Daniel all right. It was, it was my it was my sister's birthday. We went over to Happy went over birthday. to her went over to her group home. Um, and uh, you know, we had we had some pizza, had some cake. It was awesome. Patreon.com slash talk giants. Hang out with us while we record the shows. Bobby Skinner sends you some stickers, man. And also you have an opportunity to win some shirts. We dropped new shirts. Andrew Thomas awards. Now those shirts look pretty cool. So check them out. Every new patron is a happy birthday wish to Justin's sister. All right. Take it away, Steve. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Thanks, Steve. Shit. All right. Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. I'm keeping that in, by the way. Don't do it. By the way, the new Blues Clues movie went out, and I'm like, I, I need someone who has a kit to give me like, good screenshots of the movie because it's it looks unbearable to actually watch if you're an adult. I think you need to go and then post a movie review on Simple Man Radio. Can yeah, you do I can't that? go to that movie. That would Come be on. like that's like extreme pedophile behavior. All right, if I if I go, no, we both have to go alone. That's if even I, more pedophile behavior. <laughs> I'll come down to Florida. We'll go together. We'll go, and we'll have a, a movie review podcast. We'll put it on the Simple Man Radio. Channel. In the off season, we'll figure out something to do with that. We should have an in person show dedicated to Blues Clues. Okay, let's first get question. into the mail. Mosey Madalone at Mosey Madalone. Are we missing something? Why does it seem that they don't trust Daniel Jones to throw the ball more? Just from watching the plays that are throwing plays, especially on third down, he looks good. What are we not seeing, Bobby Skinner? So, here's the thing. is The passing concepts are good. They're good. I love the passing concepts from Mike Kafka. I've got no complaints about the passing concepts, but they're just not letting him throw on first and second down. But here's the thing, Justin. He is converting at an unreal rate on third downs right now and third and longs. Like I went back and charted non-screen plays on third and seven plus and third and six or less. On third and six or less, he's com- com- uh, converting 60%. Uh, you know, he's completing 79% of his passes, six p- yards per attempt on those. Good. On third and seven plus, which is third and long. And a lot of these are like third and 10, third and 12. Like there's a few that are a third and seven. He's con- converting 48.1%. That's just good for third down convert. Like that would be top of the league of third down conversions for a team. That includes, you know, handoffs to on third and one and stuff like that. That would be great. Completing 65% of his passes for 240 yards and 12 yards per attempt. Like, and, and a touchdown in there. Like, he is converting at an unreal rate on third and long. And these are situations where it's like, you got to hang in there and you've got to throw the ball down the field. Like, the offensive line's got to protect. The receivers have to get open at a deeper level. And there's no threat of check down. So, the, the defense is allowed to, you know, play back on it. You know, not have to worry about the check downs. So, again, the passing concepts are good, but I just feel like not letting him throw the ball from traditional dropbacks on first and second down because they like to run a lot of the play action, under center play action, and protect from issues on the offensive line on first and second down. I feel like it's hurting. 
I feel like it's just hurting the Giants offense. I feel like they're just more capable of scoring more points, which they're going to have to do. Like I'm I'm like I'm all in on this Giants team right now. Like I want them to win as many games as possible. I don't think winning a playoff game is crazy. Like I'm all in on this team. And I just think it would help the team immensely. And it's and it's like for your your better players. One, checkdowns. Checkdowns have not been a part of the Giants offense the last five, four or five weeks because it's either RPOs, under center play action, which is mostly all or nothing type stuff. Uh, and there's, there can be some checkdowns in those, but they're not successful checkdowns that get you yak. And then dropbacks on third and long. Like, um, uh, like almost like two thirds of his just straight dropbacks are third down where there's yeah. no, like you can't really get to the checkdowns on those. Checkdowns, who does that help? That helps Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley over the last four games is averaging 13 yards per game in the air. Like that's a great way to get Saquon Barkley the ball in space is use him in the receiving game, but he's not being used because he's not good when he's lined up just flat out as a wide receiver. Saquon's not a good route runner, but he's a mismatch out of the backfield, but we're never getting those opportunities because we're not throwing the ball from straight dropbacks on first and second down. You know, he's being used in the RPO in the play action game. Um, So like when you test stuff vertically, those first and second, it just allows checkdowns on first and second down. It allows DJ to run for five or six yards and it not be a failure of a play. Wandale, Wandale Robinson in the quick game. He's an under, he's always going to be an underneath type of guy. You know, he's got stuff to work on his own. We've got a question about him, but Wandale. And then you allow Slayton to test vertically. That's going to open stuff up. You could use Isaiah Hoskins in fades. Um, you know, those vertical, vertical releases and like, you know, force defenses to not screw up. A lot of big plays in the NFL come from defenses screwing up, but we're not really giving the defenses the opportunity to screw up. They screwed um, up against, you know, the Darius Slayton 54-yarder where he made a guy miss and he somehow had 10 yards of separation. You know, they screwed up uh, when uh, Sterling Shepard had his big touchdown week one. Um, you know, so some of these big plays that the Giants have had this year have come on rare, I mean, rare opportunities where we've seen guys with a ton of separation. It's just things that we haven't seen. So I agree with you in saying that I don't have the problem with Kafka and Dable's play design and the concepts. I, I think I love awesome. the play design. They're there's, good, but use them. We, we do want a little bit more vertical stuff, like throw the ball vertically down the field. Like you saw the Darius Slayton touchdown against Jacksonville. Test the teams vertically. I think you saw Darius Slayton versus Chicago where he had a big pass interference kind of drawn on him. That's yeah. the kind of stuff that can happen. It could do it. And Bobby and like Bobby and I, because I 100% agree with everything that Bobby's saying, we're not advocating for us becoming the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs. That's not what we're sitting here advocating. Like the giant, like I think one of the theories that I saw, and this is do a barrel roll, I'm going to go through four separate theories. I think the theory that makes the most sense in terms of why the Giants are approaching their offense the way that they're approaching it right now is they feel confident in knowing what they need to do to win, which is their identity run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, throw the ball when you need to. Now, here's the thing, Bobby, and you already identified it. When the Giants are choosing to throw the ball with Daniel Jones, it's working like Daniel Jones from weeks five or week four to week 10 is like the, the one of the top QBs in the NFL in EPA per play. He's like the second best quarterback in the National Football League in EPA per play. When you talk about like third downs in the second half. So you want to talk about really when you need to throw the ball, when you're behind in games at times and when you really need to throw the ball on those third and longs, he's been really, really solid and really, really good. So here's three theories that don't make sense to me. 
you could say that the line stinks and you can say that the Giants have bad wide receivers and that's the reason why they're not throwing the ball. Well, then explain to me if the offensive line is so freaking bad and if we have such bad wide receivers, which I do agree, there's certain elements of that that is very, very true. Mark Lewinsky, not great. John Feliciano, not great. Evan Neal's out, blah, blah, blah. But if everything is so, so bad, then why are they so successful on third down? When it's the most difficult, it is the most difficult down to throw the ball. Third and long situations where the defense knows exactly what's coming, when the defense knows exactly what you're going to do, why are they having so much success if everything around Daniel Jones stinks? If you do it on early downs where maybe it's a little bit more unpredictable, then I think this offense could be even more successful. Yeah, and here's the thing is like the wide receiver group does stink. The offensive line's not great when they're uh, in the dropbacks, but but like, they're again, being effective. When- they're being effective in the situation that is the most difficult to be successful in. Agreed, and that's why it's like I want to do it more for a second. And I also don't like want this to like go like oh you guys just don't want to run the ball like like no run the ball. no like I this want, is this I want is this team's identity. Game. I want high volume like run the damn ball. Two thousand twenty two is a real thing. I want high volume running. But there's times where they're sticking to the run and it's not and it's like I want good balance with run and pass. Right now it's it's unbalanced with like they are literally one of the only teams that runs the ball more than they throws it in the NFL. It may be the only team. No, and I have um, you know, Ben Baldwin does a good job of, you know, looking at early down pass rate over expected. You know, just looking at certain situations and is a team expected to throw the ball here or are they expected to run the ball? It's the Bears the Falcons, the Titans, and the Giants, um, and also the the Browns are next in this little this little ranking too. Of the, those are like the five teams in the NFL that have really really low pass rates on first down. And I get it; that is the Giants' identity, but there does need to be more balance, especially when you talk about the Giants are approaching a part of the year where they're going to be playing much better defenses. You know, coming up, you know, they have. The Lions on the schedule, which are really the only bad defense that they have for the rest of the year. The Colts, the Commanders, and Minnesota. They're all really, really good against the run. And then you have Dallas and the Eagles, which they're a little bit of, you know, they're a little susceptible on the ground, but they have really, really good pass defenses. So this offense needs to see more balance against these last five opponents and the next seven games that we have coming up for the rest of the season. And I still want to be like one of the top like teams like top five teams in rushing attempts in the NFL but again let's get to some more balance because here's the thing like well it's working it's winning but we broke it down on the Monday podcast others like they're winning a lot because of Daniel Jones like the scoring drives are coming when Daniel Jones is converting on these third and long yeah remember remember that stat of the three touchdown drives that we had they they were all Daniel Jones they included 20 20-plus yard passing plays, the 54-yard touchdown to Darius Slayton. There was a 36-yard pass play to Darius Slayton, and then the 26-yarder to uh, Lawrence Cager. All three of those guys drives led to seven points with 20-plus yard passing plays. Um, Yeah, Isaiah Hodgkins, get your brand-new Giants six-foot-four players right. What did I say? Um, you said Lawrence Cager. Tough. Um, Nine-yard Lawrence just, Cager touchdown. It's so funny that uh, like those guys are kind of like big parts of our offense now. Um. Pro personnel. So yeah, but like that's the thing is like it's it's not working perfectly, but it can work better. And again, I want to keep Saquon involved. Like, I want to get Saquon involved in the receiving game and that stuff. So he should. Um, you know, like we're seven and two. I want to keep winning. 
And part of that's going to have to be Daniel. Like I think it's going to have to be Daniel Jones throwing the ball. Like let's score some, let's score some points. Let's not be the twenty second ranked yeah. offense in the NFL. Let's not have you know the twenty ninth ranked passing offense in the NFL. I'm not and like you said. We're not advocating for just go pass happy or run game stupid. No. no, run the run the damn ball, run the damn ball. But there needs to be some more first and second down because because like I said, third and longs he's converting forty eight percent of them, twelve yards per attempt. That's hard to rely on, but that is how the Giants are scoring points is by converting those. Yeah. But you can't rely on that for long because that is that is not that's what's not sustainable. We're not talking about running the ball not being sustainable. I think running the ball the way the Giants are is sustainable. But what's not sustainable is converting those third and longs, and that has been what's put points on the board for the New York Giants these last four or five weeks. Yeah, you get into <laughs> you get into third and longs against. Uh... You know, talented front sevens and talented front fives like the Commanders. Uh, basically, every team in the division, right? The Commanders, the Eagles, and especially the Cowboys. You get into third and longs against those teams. Good luck in Sayonara. You know, you ain't you ain't coming back from that. So more balance is what we're talking about. And then also the third theory that I saw too in terms, you know, again, line stinks, bad wide receivers. That's not why. The, that's that's why they're not throwing the ball. The th- one of the third the third theory that I heard is the you don't want to show your hand. Um, you don't want to show your hand for divisional opponents that's coming up. I think that's fan fiction that's, to, to, yeah, you, to made, use a phrase that you use. It's fan fiction and not real life. Yeah, there's no way they're going into a game like let's not show every like they are trying to win every game. Now, what they the run pet, but like they're not hiding anything because like uh, let's let's say like we may view it as the Texans. They view it as like we got to win. Like there's so much preparation that goes in. They're not safe. Like there could be like trick plays and stuff that are safe, but like. The NFL is not as secretive as people make it out to be. Like, people, for the most part, know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, there's little adjustments you make week to week. But teams know what you're kind of doing. Um, and also, I think Daniel Jones... This is... Daniel Jones' sack rate is at the highest of his career, by the way, too. You know, and I think with a better offensive line than he's had. So, it's not like the offense... Is, this is protecting the offensive line as much as people make it out to be. So, there's definitely flaws and stuff. Like, I, I like... I like the way... I love all the concepts and stuff, but like you, like we said, there's need some more first and second down passing. I want to see some right. more vertical stuff in the passing game too, but I'm not like demanding that because I like the scheme. I like the scheme, um, and we don't have like a guy who's gonna like Darius Slayton's not like Stephon Diggs like where they're gonna win different ways deep. Where Slayton kind of wins just by beating guy off press type stuff, and it's hard to do that consistently. And no one else really on the team can win vertically. Um, Maybe Isaiah Hodgkins, we can get into some like you know back shoulder stuff, but again, that's not a, that's not the way you win vertically consistently. Um, so I'm I'm not even like I want to see a little more of that, but I'm not banging on the table for that. But it's just I love the scheme, run more of it because it works. It works when you do it, and it makes it easier on Daniel Jones when you throw it on first and second down a little more. Again, not going crazy, but a little more. Um, and it makes Saquon better in the receiving game. It helps Wandale Robinson, who you just spent a second round pick on. Um, you know, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anything else? No, anything it'll help Saquon Barkley more too in the running game. You know, when you when you take guys out of the box, when he's running into maybe a box that isn't uh, as as stacked, teams can respect your ability to throw the ball a little bit more. Then it helps out Saquon Barkley in the run in the run game too. Yep. All right. Next question is coming from Owen Kane at Owen Kane. 12. I have not heard Josh Azudu's name on the broadcast and in general that much. How has he progressed at the left guard spot 
and on the all O-line so far? Uh, there's been real progression to get excited about. Now, I'm not going off and being like, this guy's a dude. Like, he's still got a lot of work to grow. But, Justin, you see it on the O-line reports and stuff. His hand usage from, like, the first second of each snap compared to the first month of the season when he it's got playing day. time. It's totally different. And that's why we said this guy's got to sit on the bench and work on this specifically. And that's what he did. Then he gets forced into a starter role and we're like, uh oh, where's this guy at? And he, it, like you said, it is night and day improvement. Again, he's still got stuff to work on. He can get popped a little bit, like on some stunt stuff where he can be thrown off balance. Um, you know, being more consistent when he doesn't get like the start of a pass rep perfectly, just being able to, you know, recover. But it is night and day. Whereas, like, there's if when Ben Bredesen comes back, I'm not going to be saying, "Oh, we got to take out a Zudu for Ben Bredesen." It's I got we'll, we'll we'll answer that more in the next question. But it's it's been a big difference. I just I don't fully know yet because I you know a lot of people that will disagree with us that maybe the Giants need to be a little bit more balanced. We'll say because of the O line, because of the O line. I don't know fully what Josh Azudu can bring as a pass protector because the Giants fully haven't unleashed the passing offense, especially when Josh Azudu was in the lineup. Yeah, and he does have like bad plays in the passing game every single play. Game. Or every, it's not every single play, every single game that he's in. But like compared to the start of the season, it was it's in total different. You did invest a third round like third round a high third round pick in this guy, the sixty seventh overall pick. Um I want Josh Azudu playing for the rest of the year. Like, I, there's not a t- I wouldn't bench him for anybody on this team. I am really excited about his future and his potential because, I mean, what, what was the, you know, we, we've had strong linemen. We've had linemen that it's like, yeah, we feel good about this guy. I, you know, I've been editing your online reports for for a while now, and granted, uh, we don't really have the the best of sample sizes to go off here as Giants fans since we don't have we've we haven't had great old linemen outside of Andrew Thomas. But I'm just really stoked for his ceiling and his potential because of his feet, because of his athleticism. Plus, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's the strongest guy in the world, but he's strong enough. Um and I think he's you know he's still young that he can develop all into that. So are you with me where if 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 Josh Azudu wants to continue to improve on the things that he needs to improve and he puts in the work and he's this high character, hard worker guy, smart, tough, dependable, like Joe Shane drafts. I think this can be a guard for the giants for hopefully a a solid long time. Oh, absolutely. Like he's got the, he's got the athleticism uh, for that. Like the best offensive linemen, like interior offensive linemen now are the guys who like fit his athletic profile, his quickness pull. And like I said, he's, I think he's got to get some better, some core strength stuff. There's a lot of technical stuff, but he has like the stuff that you look for just body wise with Joss Azudu. Now, how how much have you watched Dylan Parham at all this year? I know you were maybe working on a breakdown. No, I I haven't watched. I, I can look up his past stats this year. But even but. like heading into the year, and, he, and especially at the start of the year, I'm like worried. I'm, I'm worried about, oh, can Josh Azudu develop? Like it, this is a this seems like a really really big project. This is a this is a we are trusting on the coaching staff to really develop this player. And then lo and behold, we're nine games in, and I feel really really good about Josh Azudu's future. So that's a really good sign. I mean, I, I almost don't even care what the numbers say about pressures and sacks allowed and 
stuff like that. Because if, if Josh Azuda can continue to develop, I think he's going to clean all that stuff up. Yeah, and, and the one thing he has on Parham is, is better size. Um, which, uh, yeah, I mean, Parham has, past blocking-wise, has played better statistically by a good margin. But rookie, here's another thing, too. Rookie interior offensive line struggle. Like, it's kind of just a thing. Like, they rookie interior offensive linemen don't come into the league and just dominate. Like, it's very rare. Like, tackles do. Tackles do. But rookie interior offensive line, they just struggle. In fact, I saw someone have, like, the uh, the draft strategy of, like, maybe don't draft interior offensive linemen early. But that can be that's like a position to hit in free agency because it's like they take time to develop. And by the time they develop, you're having to pay them big contracts. Yeah. Um, it's like but, but I've been happy with, uh, yeah, corner definitely. Uh, even though I did want Sauce Gardner. Um, next question. Next question. Off, I, I want to talk about something stuff. first. I'm going to talk about okay. something first. Uh, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. I'll tell you what. Mental health is important. You got to get it right. You got to get it in line. You want to make sure, you know, when you're spending time with your family this upcoming holiday season, you want to make sure that you got everything in line, everything in order, and you want to cherish that time that you spend with your family. And everyone deserves to feel their best. BetterHelp makes it easier to get started as the world's largest therapy service. They've matched millions of people professionally licensed and vetted therapists and they're available a hundred percent of the time all the benefits of in-person therapy plus it's more convenient more accessible and more affordable one of my favorite things and one of my uh, favorite services options of better help is that you can change therapists at any time there's no awkward conversations there's no awkward emails you could change therapists anytime that you want get unstuck if you're stuck in your life i want you to get unstuck with better help Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash talking giants. That is betterhelp.com slash talking giants. You'll be glad you did. Next question, Bobby Skinner. Manny Madrigal at my agenda 58. Shout out, boys. I think I said that right. Dave Gettleman. At what point does. The coaches start to think about sitting Mark Lewinsky and John Feliciano for possibly keeping Josh Azudu in, starting gates at center, Lemieux Indoor, Bredesen once healthy, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, my, that's my question for the coaching staff. At what point do you? Like, I want Gates to play center. And when Bredesen's back, I'm not going to call for Mark Lewinsky to be benched for uh, Shane Lemieux. But... You get Ben Bredesen off IR, and I am going to I'm going to be like Matt Parrott over Nate Solder. By the way, um, like it, really, that's how that's how strong you're you're going to be. It, I I was watching Mark Lewinsky's know. old and not good. Ben Bredesen showed like some potential to be a solid offensive lineman in the NFL, and he's young. He's in his third year in the NFL. He's never really gotten to start games until this season. Yeah, I do think pass and protection. He was clearly better. I do think pass protection now, especially, you know, we're talking about, you know, we're advocating for more of a drop back offense here. I do think pass protection. So, you know what? I'm literally talking myself into Ben Bredesen. Pass protection is more important than run blocking, even though you need both. Like, I don't want to, I don't want uh, anybody who's going to be bad at any spot. I don't think Mark Lewinsky's 
prowess as a run blocker outweighs Ben Bredesen just being a better all-around lineman. Yeah, he's not blowing guys off the ball. He's athletic. Like, he's athletic to run some of the wide zone stuff. Um, you know, like, he had he had a couple really good plays this past week in the run game. But he's like, like, if you ask me personally, like, what's the biggest issue pass blocking-wise for the Giants? It's Mark it's like It's Mark Lewinsky or Evan Neal, you know, earlier in the year. I, I hope we get Evan Neal back at some point soon, too. Like, we kind of need him to develop. Um yeah, just in time for Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. I think like, he's going to come back for the Dallas game. <laughs> like, just and this is I like I test, but pass blocking like stat wise, Ben Bredesen is top ten in the NFL. Hmm. Mark Lewinsky's bottom ten. And again, like I talk about how like um I'll pull it up um like how like interior offensive linemen struggle as rookies like it's almost all it's like all, almost all rookies and then mark Lewinsky in there yeah. who again who's you know 30 years old um who were the I'll two guys it. that uh shit the bed on the 54 yard Darius Slayton touchdown Lewinsky and Feliciano yes so in a way thankful because it made Daniel Jones look better but let's not do that let's see <laughs> Made yeah. Daniel Jones look a lot more cooler and better on that play that he completed that pass. Um. Yeah, I talked myself into it. Ben Bredesen should play over Mark Lewinsky. Ben, okay, so Ben Bredesen is for guards for like efficiency, like when it includes sacks, pressures, QB hits. He's ninth in the NFL. I'm not saying he's the ninth best guard, but it does show like he's been good in pass pro. You know with the bottom ten are? It's uh it's Mark Lewinsky is ninth worst. A rookie, a rookie, a, a rookie, a rookie, a second year player, a second year player, and then Aaron Brewer, and then Alex Bars, whoever that is. Mm. You know. Ain't spitting bars. So here's the only question. Ben Bredesen... the ninth most the ninth most pressures for guards. How much of a downgrade? Sacks. How much of a downgrade is Ben Bredesen as a run blocker? Not a huge. Not at the point of attack. He's not really. It's just he's not going to be as athletic, getting to the second level, which is really not the most important thing as yeah. a run blocker. It's really about at the point. How do you hold up at the point of attack? So I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. What do you think about Shane Lemieux? Um, we just haven't seen him. Like it's you can't really advocate for him because we have not seen him in two years. I'm more on the Shane Lemieux. Like I really want him to come back and be good. Train. Now I know you're on that train too. I'm putting a little bit more emotional investment in it than you are. Yeah. Well, somewhat. Giants future asked a question. I said I wouldn't put it in the show, but I guess I'm putting it in the show. Let's say we get all the offensive line healthy. We have ten guys who it's like. It makes the decision tough to cut. Like Thomas, let's go. Thomas Azudu, Feliciano, Gowinski, Evan Neal, starters. Tyree Phillips, Matt Parrott, Nick Gates, Shane Lemieux, and Ben Bredesen. Like let's say they want to carry, they only want to carry eight offensive linemen. Matt Parrott would definitely be one of the cuts. Yeah. It's it's like I, I told, I replied to the question. I was like, I, I'm not. Like I would refuse to move down the eight because I'm not cutting one of Shane Lemieux, Nick Gates, Bredesen, you know, like I, I refuse to do it. I know. 
Matt Pierce is the only one where if they cut him, I'm like, eh. They just cut, you know, they then. cut Devery Hamilton and they signed it back to the practice squad. You know, remember how they were kind of happy we were with Devery Hamilton as a depth piece? Well, now there's not enough room for him. Yeah, they've, they've, they've churned the bottom of the roster for interior depth pretty well. This is a problem that we have not had ever. <laughs> ever. With yeah. depth on the O-line. Yeah, good good issue. All right, next question. All right. Uh, cave on for defensive rookie of the year at birthday broth. Got a long road, cave on. Which Giants players are going to make the Pro Bowl this year? I'm thinking Dex and Andrew Thomas are a lock. And Adori, and Adori definitely deserves it too. How many so, names do you have? I have three that I would, if I was being unbiased, that I would vote for. Yeah, I have three that if I were unbiased, I would vote too. So Saquon, I think, is actually the only lock because name recognition, the running back, it's a lot easier to look at those stats. I think Dexter Lawrence. There's a lot of good defensive tackles in the NFL, though. Like Aaron Donald's a lock. Quentin Williams is going to be a lock. Jeff Simmons has got more name recognition. Well, I mean, don't they they split it up into AFC and NFC, right? Chris Jones. I don't think they're doing that this year because they're not doing the – I they ruined the Pro Bowl, by the way. Like, just play the game. I don't care how bad it sucks. Play the freaking game. Let the guys put the uniforms on. Enjoy it. Have fun. Pisses me off that they didn't do it, especially that we're going to have some guys. Are they doing there. a flag football game or something like that? I don't know. It's so stupid. <laughs> and then we have to get Andrew Thomas. You can vote as many times as you want. I voted for Andrew Thomas like 40 times today. Vote for and Get Andrew Thomas in there. Like, I – and uh, so Thomas – Andrew Thomas, Dexter Lawrence, and Saquon Barkley absolutely deserve to be in the Pro Bowl. And we need to get them in there. I don't care. Oh, this is the Pro Bowl. I don't care. No, I care. I want I want those three guys. I, Saquon, I don't care as much because he's got the name recognition. He's been to it. But Thomas and Dex, I need those guys to get the recognition of being Pro Bowlers. No, we've been saying, you know, since we basically launched this Talking Giants show, anytime that we have a player that does well, but the Giants lose, it's like, oh, well, they're not going to get the recognition they deserve because we're on a losing team. Well, finally, the Giants aren't on a losing team. So the guys that deserve recognition, let's get them recognition. Yeah, Thomas, if Thomas played on a good team last year, he would have had, like, the idea that, oh, Thomas has gotten so, he's gotten better this year, so much better, is bullshit. He was top 10 in all pass blocking efficiency numbers last year, and he was put on an island, like, the fourth most. So the idea that people are like, well... Thomas does what he's asked well, and, and they do a lot of things to help the offensive line pull. No, they do that because the rest of the guys suck. Okay, Thomas was put on an island all of 20, 2021, more than damn near everybody in the league, and he he showed up and showed out. I agree. So vote for Andrew Thomas. Go do it right now. Just put it up on whatever computer you have at work, and just every time you got a second, vote for Andrew Thomas five times. And, the, and Dexter Lawrence. Do you think yeah. it... Adore Jackson's a borderline one, um, but his stats aren't as good as last year. Last year, he should have made it. This year, it's I don't think he's going to get in. Yeah, I mean, I think what he's doing this year, because he's playing in... I think playing in man coverage is just tougher than playing in zone, at least in my opinion. Um, you know, zone, you're kind of... Zone, you're playing the men in your grass versus man coverage, you're, you're just playing men. It's backyard ball, and you just got to follow these... You know, these good wide receivers. So Adoree Jackson's stats as a CB2 are better than this year, but I think his performance as a CB1 is more impressive this year than last year. Would you agree with that? Yeah, just he just doesn't get the interception, so no. he's not gonna he's not gonna get and there is a lot of good corners around the league and stuff. Um I have, I put out my tweet and I put Chris Myrick on it, which would be I would vote for Chris Myrick if I, I could have the chance. Yes. 
But I, I had some people being like, "How are you not putting Fabian Moreau on this?" I'm like, "Well, can, we got to relax a little bit. Like, let's let's take the the Giants' glasses off for a second. Like, Fabian Moreau has been an awesome story, Bro, not a Pro Bowler. How are you not putting Fabian Moreau? <laughs> there was like a few of those. Like people like, no, nah, I, I I got Fabian, which is like, I love I love it. I love the energy, but there you, you can't get at me for not putting it in there. So saw some saw some Julian Love too, but it's just like. No, Julian Love is not a pro bowler. He's been good, but he's not a pro bowler. Yeah. I vote um, for him, though. I don't care about that. Like Other fan bases do it, so vote for, vote for all Giants. I don't care. Vote for every single one that's on the ballot. I like that the Giants put, like, vote for Xavier McKinney, and he's not even an option to vote for. Tough. All right, next question. Uh, Jake Barrow at Do a Barrow Roll. Had a really good thread that I talked about before on – Daniel Jones and why are they not throwing the ball a little bit more? Is it time for us to take a victory lap on wanting to keep Darius Slayton while others wanted him cut on a more... Actually, no, let's answer that half the question first, then we'll talk about Wondell Robinson in the second half. I actually went and listened to our Darius Slayton PPP clip that we put on Twitter. I think it was perfect, right? It's like, I guarantee you week nine that this guy is not going to be wide receiver five. He's going to be wide receiver one or two. And it's like, he's wide receiver one, been that for a month. Like, the hate has gotten over the top. I, I'm not a pat yourself on the back guy, but that was my that was the take where I was like, I will be so pissed off we cut Slayton. Like, he's not that good. He's too making too much money to be wide receiver five. It's like, I guarantee this dude is not going to be wide receiver five for the Giants. Stop it. Imagine how bad this wide receiver core would be without oh him. Oh, my God. It would be impossible to throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, we would. Yeah, we would be like, after the Texans game, like, got to run it more. Like if we didn't have Darius Slayton yeah. on this roster, uh, receivers that are that are getting between seven to thirty nine targets, Darius Slayton is second in the NFL in DVOA according to Football Outsiders. Um, and then I was even a critic of him. He's back, baby. I was even a critic of him when it comes to yards after the catch. Well, on his fifty four yard touchdown reception that he had, he had plus forty six point two yards after the catch over expectation um get him out in space um i i honestly think that's part of the issue i I don't know if darius slayton's ever going to be a guy that's going to consistently break tackles i mean he's not aj brown out here in these streets but you know you find a way and get him in space and you know he even had the 36 yard the 36 yarder that he had um earlier in the game you know i believe in the first second quarter that was awesome like you know if if this guy can get into space and you get a little bit of sliver separation going horizontally too he has the speed to kind of break away from guys and get some yards after the catch. So I've been very critical of him being one of the league's worst receivers when it comes to yards after the catch. I think it has a lot to do with the lack of separation that he gets, which he's still kind of bottom of the barrel in wide receiver separation. But he, I don't really care about wide receiver separation because I think there are good receivers that have bad separation and bad receivers that have good separation. So I really don't think so that matters. We talked earlier about like, it's not about the scheme. Like we love the scheme. Darius Slayton's a perfect example of that. He's still getting wide receiver one treatment. You know, wasn't really worked into the offense in the, in the offseason, you know, in training camp stuff. Like, they kind of threw him away. He's having his career high in catch percentage while also having his career high in yards per catch. You know, like, his his, career, his catch percentage is ten, over 10 points higher than his his rookie season, which was his best. You know, his, his yards per catch is almost two yards higher than his career high from his rookie year, 15.4. Um, he needs more volume. I mean, at the yeah. at the end of the day, I, I man, this kind of goes back to a summer critique that we had of 
you know, the coaching staff of not making not making an effort to work with guys that they don't want to work with. And part of me still thinks that the coaching staff is biased towards Darius Slayton for some reason. And that may be one of the reasons why they're not throwing the ball, which I think they should trust. They should. Tr- I'm not saying put, you know, A.J. Brown wide receiver one trust in Darius Slayton and make him the focal point of your offense. But there is a line and there is a balance to it, which they should be trusting him more. His yards per game the last five weeks, 63, which is uh, 10 points, 10, 10 yards higher than his career. And how many high. catches so- does he have per game? Um, and the games that he's played, well, like three over the last let's, couple weeks. Let's let's not count the Chicago game because that was the first game where they actually played him. The last five weeks, he has um eighteen catches, so like about three and a half catches per game. Yeah, and he's getting sixty yards per game. <laughs> yeah, he's having a career high in yards per catch. <laughs> but they're really throwing him the ball too, which is crazy. And when he and when they are throwing him the ball, he's catching it. Yeah, let's just keep let's let's skip the sorry, do a bear roll. Let's skip the second. We kind of talked about Wandell Robinson earlier. We had a good Darius Slayton conversation there. So yeah, Wandell Robinson. It's got him involved in the offense more, even in the even in the manufactured stuff. Like I, I've been more impressed with Wandell Robinson and his ability to kind of get open. I thought that uh on the wave concept, you broke that down, right, Bobby? That that little that little curl route button hook that he ran on that third down was a wave concept. Yeah, that little no no the stick concept on dagger. Excuse me. Stick concept on dagger. Um, I've been kind of impressed with Wanda Robinson's ability to get open kind of down the field. Um, I, I kind of want him used a little bit more as this uh, manufactured target kind of guy to see how he can get yards after the catch. Besides the Darius Slayton touchdown, uh, besides the Saquon Barkley crossover the middle of the field against Green Bay. I've been kind of disappointed in this offense and the lack of yards after the catch it's been generating. I understand you don't have the best skill position players outside of Barkley, but that's why you drafted Mondo Robinson. Yards after the catch. And I feel like he hasn't been given a big opportunity to do that yet. All right. Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. Live events are back, which means you can get $20 off tickets at SeatGeek with promo code GIANTS. You can go see Wandale Robinson. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, one, Figure it the hell out. They're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. I got the app on my phone. Um, and they say whether it's football, concerts, basketball, baseball, festival. I mean, it, for me, it's football. Football and basketball. Even though I should use it to get to a good concert here uh, very soon. But they put the SeatGeek puts tickets from all over the web in one place to make buying simple. You know I am simple. SeatGeek rates every ticket from 0 to 10 to make sure you are getting a good deal. Green means good. Red means bad. I know that from the red light ticket I got a couple months ago. Ah. Every ticket on SeatGeek is backed by their buyer guarantee so you can shop for tickets with confidence. Don't worry. We've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with the promo code GIANTS. Make sure you click the link in the description to download the app. Question. Next question. No, I have a question for you. Is it a mailback question? No, very quick. I know we're running late. When are you getting to New York, New Jersey? December 1st. (sighs) Predators Devils, 7 p.m. December 1st in Prudential Center. Dude, I'm kind of down for that. Devils are back. You know, Renato would get his tickets. And Devils tickets shouldn't be too expensive anyways. I'm kind of down for that. All right, and we're going to be in Jersey. We're going to be recording the preview pod. We can just do the preview pod and then go straight there. Let's do it. I will. Uh, I'll message Renato. 
All right, next question is coming from Zach Jacobs at Zach Jack with a lot of numbers. How was Dane Belton's performance after going back and watching the film? Do you see a snap count remaining this high the rest of the season? To answer simply the second half of that question, yes, because Xavier McKinney is going to be out for a while, so his snap care and his snap sh- his snap share ain't going down anytime soon. It was pretty much his worst game, but he even like struggled in things that he had done well in roles. So it was pretty interesting. I wanted the chart to see who was playing center field safety more. First 14 snaps of the game where they used single high safeties, Justin, they literally were alternating between Julian Love and Dane Belton. Alternating. Dane Belton had a like that 44-yard run by Damian Pierce. Dane Belton took a bad angle. Damian Pierce goes and gets 44 yards on that. Um, took a couple of bad angles on Jordan Akins. Had a couple of bad man coverage reps on Jordan Akins. Um, so, but after those 14 snaps, Julian Love played single high safety 34 of the next 35 snaps. Um, yeah, that, now, those towards, are the those. That's when I kind of started really following when I said on the you know the Sunday show that Julian Love basically was the only one. So, yeah, and then so they let him play a little too high. So he had the interception, but the play before the interception, they were running cover two on his side. He was late getting over there, and it should have been a touchdown. Um, so this was actually his worst game, but I don't, I don't accredit that too much, too much to his new role. It was just he just I, the the coming up from center field and taking bad angles in the run game, but he just had like some bad plays overall. Even though he had an interception, I thought it was his worst game played, like where he's been better in man coverage in other situations. Um, but yeah, I don't. It's not time. The victory lap for Dane Belton has not begun quite yet. I mean, credit to him, and also credit to the coaching staff. Where really the only bad plays that I have of Dane Belton on my brain from this year are against Green Bay, where I think it was a big Randall Cobb play that he was at the center of, and some plays with Jordan Akins this past weekend, and then like you said, the Damian Pierce run where he takes a bad angle. Those are like the only. The only bad Dane Belton plays that I have like, ooh, leaves a sour taste in my mouth. So, yeah, not that bad question. Next question. Chris is no longer in St. Pete at Chris in St. Pete. Make up your mind. I'm going to get a little hot. This question Um, at this point of the season, better chance of happening. Galladay catches a touchdown or OBJ signs with the Giants. We need to stop. I, I, I cannot talk about Odo Beckham Jr. any longer unless I have to. I'm done. The If you're not on the Giants, you don't exist. I'm You don't exist. I'm done. I say I'm not even mad at it anymore. No, just I, I can't stand it. This team is 7-2. and two. There are good things happening for the first time with this team since Vietnam. And all I see every day on fucking Twitter is Odo Beckham Jr., Odo Beckham Jr., Odo Beckham Jr. Enough. I've had enough. I actually thought your line was great that you said the Julian in the group text the other day. What? What did I say? Which, like, I always wondered what the Giants fans would talk about. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Ju- there, there, yeah, there are some... I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off. There, I'm, I'm hot. There are some people on Twitter, you know, you can make presumptions who, and this is... Uh, I'm friends with a lot of people. We're friends with a lot of people. There are some people on Twitter where you always have to say, what are you going to talk about when we're actually good? Whether it's defending the team or whether it's hating the team. What are you going to talk about when we're actually good? And I figured it out. Odo Beckham Jr. That's what you're going to talk about. (laughs) He's clearly using us for a bigger contract, but I don't don't have any ill will towards 
towards the guy. I actually am at the point like so like we talked about it at the beginning of the year. If Odell took a one year like vet minimum, I would bring him back right now. But that's not gonna happen and I would never give him a long term deal, no matter what team I was. Um I think maybe I think he's learning that a little bit right now. I, I've have you even said this? I've seen people say, "Oh, I wouldn't sign him for one year, but I sign, I'd sign him for a multi-year deal." How no, I, old? I don't care what team I am. I would sign him for a no. multi-year deal. Two ACLs and a torn Achilles, and he's approaching thirty. And you want to sign him to a multi-year deal on a quote-unquote rebuilding team? No, no. yeah, that, that's crazy. Here's the thing: I don't know if Kenny Galladay is ever going to score a touchdown, though. He's not. He's not. Do you think they're going to play him at all? They shouldn't. Okay, but here's okay. Let me. Here's the thing: is people are going to focus on the drops. That's not my issue. It's just, it's we said it in the beginning, of the, like coming into this game. I was like, he looked really bad. He did not have any explosion off the line of scrimmage, and he did it again. You know, so like I, everyone focuses on the drops, and the first one wasn't even a drop. I put it on the film review. I told people to stop saying shit. He didn't. It wasn't a drop. Shut up. Stop letting emotions take over your logic. The second one was a clear drop. I don't love the short leash for drops, but I don't care about it because his route running and his explosion off the line of scrimmage sucks. So I don't think he's playing. Daniel Jones on the Giants passing offense has looked worse when he is on the field versus off the field. Point blank, yeah, I, that's it. The only way to really get him involved is to make him like number one in the progression on a lot of plays, and I don't think that helps the passing offense. So, yeah, I'm, kinda, I'm pretty done with Galladay. I said going into the Texans, I said because you are playing the Texans – there should be plays where you should make him the number one. You should give him an opportunity to make some plays. Um, he had one opportunity to make a play, which he there would have been a lot. Of, there would have been a big opportunity for yards after the catch there too. Would have had an opportunity to get yards after contact, break a tackle. Nope, drops the ball. Um, you know, and the the first one, he could have made a spectacular catch, but he didn't. So, um, all right, you had your shot. Uh, this team seven and two. Every win matters. Every game matters more than the next one. Sorry, you're not part of it. Kenny Galladay revenge game this weekend. Yeah. Tone Garcia at T underscore one sports. Who would win it in a talking giants Madden tournament? My money is on Julian. I've been playing a lot of Madden on the jam gaming channel. And, uh, I think Bobby's is going to say that he's going to win this all. So here's the thing is I need like, I need like a day, day and a half period to get used to the Madden. Cause I haven't played in so long. And then every Madden is different. Um, like I played like a couple years ago, I played online versus like actually a talking giants listener. He smoked me because there's all these like little like cheat codes that you can use where it's like whether it's like read like read option like the RPO stuff like you got to like master the buttons on that. It's not just yeah. like understanding read option like you know RPO stuff. And I just got killed with that type of stuff. Now I know ball a lot better than I did in 2019, so that helps. Um, but I need a day or two. But then there's after that, I would there's no way you guys could beat me. Wow. All right, we'll Which make we got to do that while we got to do that while I'm up there in December. We can we can game. do that. Yeah, Friday, Friday. I think we're going to be at the office on Friday. Yeah, they. Won't, I'm only going to come in for a little bit because I have other plans. Friday's like kind of like an off day for us at this point of our yeah. schedule. But I'll go in and play a game of Madden real quick because yeah. I'm going to be in the city anyways. Play it, play it, play a couple games. Cristiano Ronaldo. Maybe we can even bring a. Maybe somebody can bring a PlayStation to Alabama and we can we can have some fun in the hotel room. After. That's actually a, not a bad idea. Let's do that instead. Cristiano Ronaldo, who is your ideal playoff matchup if the season ended 
today. And then also Andrew Spagnolo, Andrew Spagnolo five, uh, saw him in Tennessee. Shout out you, Andrew. The uh, the one playoff team you don't want to play for him, it's the 49ers. Do you want to do ideal or bad first? Um, let's do bad. I worry about the Cowboys, man. 49ers are, and Cowboys worry me, yes. Well, the 49ers don't worry me as much because Jimmy G, and I think Wink can get to Jimmy G. Um, I do think Kyle Shanahan would just eat these linebackers alive, though. I agree, but Jimmy G. Here's the thing is the Cowboys are just will kill us in the run game. They have CeeDee Lamb, who's given Adoria Jackson fits. Dak, like he knows how to hit that. He's like great at hitting that middle area of the field, which is kind of like the weak spot in the Giants defense that no one else has attacked. Um, and I just think their run game would gash. And then their defense, their front is like a problem. Um, I feel like I the Cowboys the- and the 49ers are like the same team. I'm going to check the EPA team tiers and see if that's true. I feel like they basically are. They actually are very close to each other. Yeah. Uh, the Cowboys have a little bit worse of an offense, but you had Cooper Rush at quarterback for a lot of weeks, and their defenses are basically on the same tier EPA-wise. So that's actually funny. They're basically the same team. So the Cowboys worry me the most. The ideal, I think, it's the Bucks. They don't stop the run like they used to, which like I went I, I went and looked at it before the pod. Like, where, where are they at rushing defense-wise? They don't stop the run like they used to. Um like I think our defense would put Tom Brady in hell, and I'm also just I have a I am superior. Giants are the New York Giants are superior to Tom Brady. We will always beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. That's a fact. Can't disprove that. Uh, I think their wide receivers outside of Mike Evans are an issue. Adore on Mike Evans, um, and then defensively, I think we can we can do some good stuff in the passing game. Yeah, I agree that Tampa Bay or whatever team is coming out of the NFC South, which I think Tampa Bay is starting to find a little bit of their footing now. Yeah, I think they're, the Bucks I, are winning that division. I think they're going to hit the gas a little bit and, and, and win that division. But I still don't think they're a good team. I think they rely way too much on a first and 10 run. I think Bruce Arians leaving is huge for them. I think it's huge. And I, I think Byron Leftwich kind of, kind of a little fraudulent. Not going to lie. Um, I like it. Next question. Next question. Oh, this is the final question. And with that in mind, got to fit in one more ad. NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out right now. Everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. I've been seeing some wild parlays out in the world, and I'm going to do a parlay one day. I'm going to put like $5 on it. I'm going to win $5,000. It's going to be the biggest and most incredible rush in the world. That is my new life's mission to bet on a parlay and hit big download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now use promo code John boy, make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets. If your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code John boy, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Final question, Bobby, Matt at Muraka, Bobby. In light of your recent ticket, what's the best racing movie ever made? And why is it Days of Thunder? It might be Days of Thunder. I mean, that's a great racing movie. Um, 
I thought about putting Ricky Bobby Talladega Nights in there, yeah. but that's 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 just that's a funny movie, but it's like you know it's a goofball movie. Here's an, but I just want to put an underrated in there. Have you ever seen Driven from 2001 with Sylvester Stallone, Burt Reynolds, um, Till Schweiger? Like it's 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 actually it was on TV a bunch, like on TNT and stuff. I, I love that movie, but no one ever talks about it. You're asking um, me if I've ever seen a movie, but it's a TV movie, so maybe and it's racing. I know you like racing, but I Days do of, like have racing. you seen? Have you seen Days of Thunder? I have seen Days of Thunder. Yes, that's a great movie. You know that they filmed a lot of that, like in, in like during NASCAR races, like yeah. they let them run laps and stuff. Like they they filmed a lot of that during the races. That was like like you know, um, Tom Cruise was like kind of like part of NASCAR for yeah, a while. They, I mean, that. that also like changed the sport too. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a historian like that, but I know that just brought you know more eyes and you know more attention to nascar during during the 90s and stuff like that so i'm a big uh i'm big days of thunder guy days of thunder fan during did the 500 have a rain out this year they tone like did it rain i can't remember i think it did because i think they played one of like the days of thunder documentaries while it was raining maybe that's why i maybe that's why i just referenced that actually because <laughs> it's like somewhat fresh in my brain yeah. All right, that's an episode. We'll be back on Friday with a preview of the Detroit Lions. Let's win some games. I'm so excited for it. All right, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you on the next episode. Until then, let's go Big Blue.